Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Hi folks, Dr. History here with another story from the Old West. And again, I want to thank all those that uh, write in to me, and I try to always uh, reply to your emails, so thanks for the suggestions. So today, we're going to talk about Buffalo Bill in Paris. Now, Paris was a city Buffalo Bill's Wild West show wanted to conquer. They wanted to get there. And Cody's show proved to be a real sensation. The people of Paris flocked to a little place called Neuilly, and it's just west of Paris, just kind of a little community. But they came to see the Wild West show, and over the next several months, uh, Stetson cowboy hats became the rage, and the Buffalo Bill Gallop was the best-selling sheet music in town. Now, I don't think I've ever heard that music. Anyway, excitement about Buffalo Bill's Wild West show uh, swept through Paris like a fever. And, uh, you know, one could uh, blame the success on journalist and author Mark Twain. You see, Twain wrote to Cody in 1885, and he said this, quote, I have now seen your Wild West show two days in succession and have enjoyed it thoroughly. It brought back vividly the breezy, wild life of the Great Plains and the Rocky Mountains and stirred me like a war song. Well, he was praising the show for being genuine, and his letter went on to say, quote, It is often said on the other side of the water that none of the exhibitions which we send to England are purely and distinctively American. If you take the Wild West show over there, you can remove that reproach. Well, Cody, who had already been considering transporting the show to Europe, took his advice to heart, and the next year, when he was invited to be part of the American exhibition at Queen Victoria's 50th Jubilee anniversary, or celebration, in 1887, so he jumped at the opportunity. Cody was the right person at the right time, and as it turned out, at the right place to promote the American West in Europe. Now, he was actually born in Iowa Territory on February 26, 1846. He'd grown up in the West, experiencing the difficulties in the Kansas Territory prior to the Civil War. He made his first journey across the Great Plains at age 11. He traveled to what became Colorado Territory in 1859 during the Pikes Peak Gold Rush. And he delivered mail for Alexander Majors, uh, not for the Pony Express route, uh, but he hunted buffalo, he scouted for the U.S. Army, he learned one of the most important scouting skills, how to feel comfortable around and communicate with the American Indians, who knew more about the plains than the newcomers, obviously. So he was always looking for answers and more information. But he was a kind of a charismatic and likable guy, and Cody soon became the focus of newspaper articles and dime novels about the American frontier. In 1872, Cody began appearing on stage in plays around the West. Well, the plays were successful, but Cody had even greater ambitions. So after 10 years touring the county with his acting troupe, he moved outdoors. Well, the arena proved an opportunity to stage recreations of life in the West with a cast of hundreds and for an audience of thousands. So here we are, the year is 1883, and it proved to be a pivotal year for Cody with the inception of Buffalo Bill's Wild West Show. So Cody took a leap from the small stage to the world stage. 
and four years after its creation, Buffalo Bill's Wild West show became a runaway success in London, England, and it outdid every other American offering at the exhibition honoring Queen Queen Victoria's Golden Jubilee. Now, people were eager to watch in person, and an American that they had read about in James Fenimore Cooper's novels, in the news dispatches, and in dime novels, Cody was the toast of the town. Meeting everyone from Queen Victoria herself to author Oscar Wilde, another author, uh, Bram Stoker, later based one of his characters in his novel Dracula on Cody, another one, James McNeil Whistler, told him that he was going to paint Cody's portrait, but he never did get around to it, and instead he turned to painting his mother. So he never did paint Cody. Anyway, Cody returned to the United States in late 1887 with kind of the sweet taste of European success in his mouth. The Wild West uh, show toured the northeastern U.S. during the 1888 season, but Cody could not shake Europe from his mind. His interest in the European continent had been uh, excited. Uh, he'd actually gone on a vacation there with his daughter during uh, this visit to London. And when the opportunity arose to visit Paris for the 1889 uni- exposition uh, Universelle, he jumped at it. Now, folks, I'm going to butcher some of these uh, French names. So just kind of hang with me and uh, uh, I'll just do the best I can. Now, Buffalo Bill's Wild West uh, show was not set up within the exposition grounds, uh, which were adjacent to the guy named Eiffel, who built a big tower that you've heard about. The The extravaganza was situated in a place called Neuilly, which was just, like I said, a few miles away from downtown Paris. And it was near the, okay, get this, the Bois de Boulogne. A park. I I, I probably didn't pronounce that right. Anyways, a park popular with the people of Paris, and it was easily accessible from all parts of the city. And almost immediately, the Wild West show became the most popular show in town. And it was nearly more popular than the exposition itself. Now, critics observed uh, Cody's first appearance on the American stage that he was no actor, But they also noted his ability to charm the audiences, and he clearly was a showman. He brought not only his experiences and his personal excitement to the Wild West show, but he also kind of had a sense of what audiences wanted. His show did not recreate endless hours on the trail or weeks huddled in a cabin during the winter, but instead it brought out the exciting, fun aspects of the westward expansion. Well, the Wild West show didn't just recreate exciting events. It also offered visitors the opportunity to learn about the people of the West. This was really kind of an educational thing that he did. Uh, He learned about, uh, they were able to see the people who exhibited their skills and their cultures. There was more than 100 American Indians, including women and children, that participated in the show. The Indian village, populated mainly by the Lakota Sioux, was a huge draw, uh, as well as the mock battles that they did. Now, entering the showgrounds just off Boulevard Victor Hugo, Victor's walked past the tents of Buffalo Bill Cody, Annie Oakley, and the Cowboys to a large plaza filled with the Indians' teepees, revealing how the tribes lived back on the plains. 
That's quite a sight. You can, you can just imagine. Now, after passing through this area, the visitors entered the arena where the show was staged. A map provided in the 1889 program shows that the arena took up less than 50% of the grounds, which also offered opportunities to visit a buffalo corral and the horse stables. Buffalo Bill's Wild West show was much more than a show. And there's a guy named uh, John Burke, uh, and he said this. He said it avoided uh, in all marketing and even threatened employees with a dismissal if they used the word show. So Buffalo Bill did not like the word Wild West show. Uh, He just liked, I don't know, just the Wild West. But it was a show. Anyway, Cody was the most popular attraction, obviously, taking part in battle reenactments, demonstrating buffalo hunts, and talking with the visitors uh, in his tent. And, of course, sharpshooter Annie Oakley was a close second in popularity. And the French were fascinated by this petite, young, sweet lady who could outshoot any man alive at the time. Now, when Annie Oakley arrived in France, uh, she had a secret. You see, the French law did not allow the import of gunpowder, so she smuggled in her favorite British gunpowder hidden in hot water bottles under her bustle. So that was Annie Oakley. Now, more than six feet tall, a guy by the name of Buck Taylor, nicknamed the King of the Cowboys, he towered over his fellow performers as well as most of the European visitors. The skill of this cowboy sitting, can you just imagine this, sitting so tall in the saddle? I mean, he impressed an audience, uh, and he was good as a horseman, and he could do about anything he needed to do. Now, contrast that with a young boy by the name of uh, Johnny Baker, who at age 19 was billed as the, quote, cowboy kid. Now, Baker, who learned shooting from Cody and Oakley, had become a crack shot, uh, coming pretty close to rivaling them in marksmanship. Well, the Wild West, and I'm going to use the word show, opened with the star-spangled banner, followed by a grand procession of all the participants. The first act was a pony race, uh, putting an Indian, a Mexican vaquero, and a cowboy against each other. Now, unlike the battles, which had a predictable conclusion, obviously, Cody saw aside always won, any of the three in the pony race could win. Now, the first shots were provided by Annie Oakley, whose ladylike demeanor helped ease any Victorian anxieties caused by gunfire. You see, they thought that maybe gunfire wasn't good for the females. Anyway, following a demonstration of a Pony Express ride, the first battle was fought, uh, an attack on an immigrant family in a wagon by the marauding Indians. The Indians were led by Lakota Chief Redshirt. Now, Lakota Holy Man Sitting Bull had been actually part of the Wild West in 1885, but he was no longer with the show. So, Chief Redshirt, who was well-spoken and comfortable in these cultural contexts, he was probably a better representative than uh, Sitting Bull, who they said was kind of a gruff, I don't know, maybe a little bit of an ornery guy. But uh, Redshirt had even visited Parliament during his show's stay in London. Well, the gunfire in the show was broken up by quieter activities. Following the attack on the immigrant family, cowboys and cowgirls danced the Virginia Reel on horseback. Can you just see them out there uh, going around dancing on horseback? And the cowboy kids' marksmanship was followed by what they called cowboy fun, 
which featured rank skills like uh, riding the bucking horses and roping. Uh, and this is really kind of the forerunner of the modern professional rodeo. So they just did kind of what, almost what you'd see in, a, in today's rodeo. Now, as the show reached its climax, the Deadwood Stagecoach entered the arena at a dead run, pursued by the Indians. Well, they were driven off by Cody and the Cowboys. The Indians returned to demonstrate bareback racing and their tribal dances. Following the presentations of sharpshooting and buffalo hunting by Cody, the grand finale was an Indian t- attack on a settler's cabin. And uh, as you can guess, once again, the Indians were driven off by the show's star. And, okay, I'm going to attempt this, folks, so don't laugh. They called him in France, Le Roy de Homes de la Frontier Cody. Okay. Uh, I hope a Frenchman doesn't uh, send me an email saying how bad I did on that. Anyway, Buffalo Bill's Wild West show was unlike anything the French had seen before. Among the thousands who flocked to the show were royalty, dignitaries from the continents of Europe, Asia, Africa, and North America. Even the English, who had seen it two years before in London, actually came to France for a second viewing. Well, the opening on May 18th was attended by French President Marie Franco Sadi Carnot. <laughs> and the American ambassador, as well as former Queen Isabella II of Spain, Powerful, famous, and everyday people caught Wild West fever, and they converged on the show until its close six months later. Well, this exposition not only uh, catapulted Cody into the spotlight, making him the toast of Paris and adding to his credibility back home in America, but also gave him a chance to interact with the movers and shakers of his day. In Paris, Cody made his first acquaintance with inventor, get this folks, Thomas Edison. And while throwing a Western breakfast of buffalo meat in his honor, Edison actually later recorded both the Wild West show and Cody himself on Edison's new moving picture and sound recording inventions. So if you ever get a chance to see any actual uh, recordings of Buffalo Bill, it was done by Thomas Edison. Well, the Wild West show is not without its influence upon some of the artists who visited Paris for the exposition. Uh, while the American artist Whistler never got around to painting his portrait of Cody in London, and like I said, he uh, settled with uh, painting his mother. And uh, there were some other uh, painters that uh, uh, painted a portrait of Cody on his horse, Tucker. Um, so anyway, there's a French painter by the name of Paul Gaguin or Gawin. Uh, he was a friend of Vincent Van Gogh, and he was deeply impressed uh, with uh, the Wild West show. And he actually uh, painted uh, something uh, uh, that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, it was called the Scream. Uh, I guess I'm not a lover of the art because I don't I don't quite uh, see it. Anyway, on November 14th, uh, 1889, Buffalo Bill's Wild West show closed its attraction in Paris, France, but. It moved on to other European destinations, and during its run, the residents of Paris had fallen in love with the Wild West. And there goes my phone. (laughs) Thought I'd turn that off. Anyway, sorry, folks. So it was a huge success. Again, it impacted a lot of audiences. And during Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, the final shootout scene promoted a victory of Americans' pioneer experience that the Parisians could share with Cody. And in the arena, they witnessed the danger and the excitement 
that the Parisians had only read about, and history jumped off the pages and was seen live. And uh, you know, folks, that could that had to be an amazing show. And think about all the people involved and coordinating all the timing of everything that took place. So. Anyway, that's the story of Buffalo Bill in Paris, France, and a little bit about his story. So, folks, I uh, hope I didn't butcher the French language too badly, and uh, I know you're pretty uh, forgiving when I comes to my French and my uh, Spanish. So, anyway, folks, I'll see you next week, and you have a good day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.